0: Welcome to Far North Topic. This is episode 60, July 16th, 2017. With your host, Mid Hope. Thank you all for listening. Today's show is all about supply shortage. Nevada. Oh, wow. State of emergency is being called. We don't have enough pot. State of emergency being called by the governor. They need that money for schools. It's already planned for. There's a lot of other details that go into that, but we'll talk about that later. I want to talk about advertising first. Today I will be talking on. A nice nug here of moonshine haze. Now, since I'm just doing this on my own, talking as mid-toker on far north tokers, no one is paying me to do this, just fun. I can sit here and talk about who it's grown by, parallel 64, which is the first bud I've bought from them. Just real excited about just trying different cultivators and seeing what they each got going on, you know? Morning Bear, I really like that one. Um, Parallel 64, Moonshine Haze, purchased by Midtoker at Frozen Buds. Nice little store like how it's set up inside like dark black green any of those cannabis companies that I mentioned, Morning Bear, Parallel 64, or Frozen Buds have paid for any part of that plug, according to Alaska regulations, you would have to hear this warning with all ads. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under its influence. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. For use only by adults 21 and older, keep out of the reach of children. Marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. Coming soon. Advertising. From local dispensaries, cultivators. Let's see. Ooh, manufacturing. Man, they just got going. We'll see what happens with them. So let's see what what's going on with all of these things in Nevada. Is this something new when recreational weed goes legal? Have other states experienced this? What about Alaska? Working at Good Sense, I know. Legal weed in Alaska it takes 24 months from the time we voted to legalize it. First sale happens October 29th, herbal outfitters down in Valdez. Month and a half later, Good Sense opens in December. <coughs> Had a little bit of weed in the beginning. Why was there a shortage? Everyone got their licenses pretty much at the same time. The cultivators had the first round, but it took longer to grow. A lot of places weren't ready. First place to be ready, Rosie Creek Farms and Great Land Ganja. Great Land Ganja, I believe, made the first sale down in Valdez. Whew, old Leaf Abel, he was commanding quite a price. Probably still is for what he's got going coming January, no weed in Alaska. It's gone. Waiting for the next round of cultivators to get there things going. Hmm. Let's read what we have saying about Alaska. Huh? like in Alaska. Laurel Andrews from the Alaska Dispatch News, January 5th this year. There's no legal marijuana for sale in Fairbanks. All three stores, Pocololo Supply Company, Frozen Buds, and Sense, have shut their doors as they wait for more cannabis to hit the wholesale market. We left Fairbanks dry, says Destiny Need, Frozen Buds co-owner, Across Alaska, a shortage of commercial cannabis has caused stores to close temporarily or open only in short spurts as product becomes available and is quickly bought up. In Fairbanks, Frozen Buds has been closed for about a month and will likely stay shut until the end of January, Need said. Goodsense opened on December 11th and closed December 30th after the store ran out of product, co-owner Daniel Peters said Tuesday. And Pacalolo was waiting until its own harvest is ready, likely mid-January, co-owner Keenan Hollister said. The issue is simply supply and demand, Hollister said. Like the state of Washington, which also faced shortages during the start of its recreational industry. There hasn't been enough cannabis harvest to cover the state's retailers, Hollister said. Eleven are operating across Alaska. As of early December, 26 growers were operating statewide, with eight of those being cultivators constricted to less than 500 square feet of canopy. The enforcement supervisor with the Alcohol and Cannabis Control Office told the Marijuana Control Board during its december 6 meeting but not all of them have harvested yet as so they came online at different times and marijuana takes at least three months to mature you can't rush a plant need said and with anchorage cultivators getting up and running much later than other communities like fairbanks a lot of cannabis is moving south hollister said in anchorage three stores are operating but none have yet sold locally grown weed. marijuana has instead come from fairbanks and Kenai to fill that void arctic urbury is out of the marijuana bud Now selling only edibles and clones, owner Bryant, Thorpe said. He's hoping to sell marijuana from his own cultivation facility in about a week. Dankridge and Alaska Fireweed, Anchorage's two other shops, still have some marijuana left, but both closed for a few days due to issues unrelated to supply. Fireweed was planning to reopen later Thursday. Still, both companies lamented the lack of product on the market. It's kind of a little bit cutthroat out there right now, Dankridge co-owner Craig Agaletti said at the scene. For now, retailers are being put on wait lists. At this point, companies are offering to prepay for our crop for the next year, said Lee Fable, co-owner of Greatland Land Ganja on the Kenai Peninsula. Only a few commercial cultivators have started growing in Anchorage. Fuzzy Buds is one of them, but that company has its own shop and isn't planning to sell much of its crop to other buyers, co-owner James Milhouse said. Everybody in this state's been calling me, but we have our own retail store. Yeah, my phone rings off the hook all day long, Milhouse said. Juno's sole shop, Rainforest Farms, opens in short bursts, open one day, close for a week as they harvest products from their own commercial grow. On their first opening day, Black Friday, the store sold out in three hours, co-owner James Barrett said. Now the shop can stay open for about two days before shutting down again. It's definitely been hard to meet demand, that's for sure, which is good and kind of stressful too, Barrett said. And in Kenai, Red Run Cannabis has been in quasi-soft opening status since opening late November, owner-director Mark Thieler said. It, too, will have its own cannabis for sale in about a week. Meanwhile, High Bush Buds in Kenai is open only four days a week to avoid running out of prop. So far, the strategy has meant the shop still has plenty in stock, owner Patricia Patterson said. So far, the strategy has meant the shop still has plenty in stock. And in Sitka, Weed Dudes' retail shop sold much of its 10-pound supply in four days, owner Michelle Cleaver said. Valdez Shop Herbal Outfitters is the exception. We have dozens of pounds, General Manager Derek Marsh said of the shop, which was the first to open in Alaska. The reason? The store supplies a smaller population than our communities, and it had been negotiating its purchases for months before opening, Marsh said. Greatland Ganja was one of the first marijuana cultivators to harvest and sell their crops. Their products have been sold in Fairbanks, Anchorage, Valdez, Kenai Peninsula, and Sitka. Our business plan called on serving all parts of the state, Abel said. Abel blames the shortage on regulatory overburden. Matanuska said sitnik growers were put on hold pending a borough-wide vote on whether to ban the industry, which was voted down in October. An anchorage's city process and restrictions have delayed the industry compared to other parts of the state, Abel said. As more cultivators come online, many of the marijuana shops expect the shortage to ease. Mid to the end of February, a lot of cultivators and a lot of pounds and a lot of supply comes onto the market, Taylor said. But come summer, tourists will flock to the state. And you're going to see another major lake shortage. The industry will continue to grow as the Marijuana Control Board continues approving licenses at its meetings throughout the year. The next meeting is February 2nd. So far, Alaskans have seen a total of 91500 in state tax revenue from the end of October and November sales. As more cultivators come online, the retail prices will drop, Abel said. But that may take a few years. Huh, I bet it will. By summer, we're looking at an industry that will look totally different than what it looks like now. Come summer 18, it's going to be unrecognizable, Hollister said. All right. Have things changed much? Supply seems to be there. Shops aren't running out. But it's expensive. That fee... The price of cannabis sixty and eighth. That's keeping. I guess that's keeping weed on the shelf. A lot more cultivators coming online. Has the tourist industry taken as much as they thought? More cultivators are coming. Like I said, every month. Are they gonna put a limit on it here in Alaska? They have other places. Colorado, first state to legalize legal weed, amendment 64, November 6, 2012, voted to legalize, 14 months later, they got things going on, selling in Colorado, Hmm. January 1, 2014, (coughs) did they have a shortage January 1st 2014 its first sale let's see we're going back to January 8th 2014 okay this is a week after legal weed hits from marijuana business news Johnny Green January eighth, 2014 seven days after legal weed in Colorado What happens when you only have a little over 20 places to buy illegal marijuana in Colorado, but have everyone and their grandma traveling there to buy illegal marijuana? It doesn't take an economics major to figure out that supply won't be able to keep up with demand, especially with a seed-to-sale model like Colorado's. Multiple media reports are suggesting that Colorado marijuana stores are running low on supply, and in one case, the clinic, they actually ran out for a day as reported by Marijuana.com. Colorados are very tightly regulated recreational marijuana model which makes it impossible to get non-regulated marijuana into stores. I remember a handful of years ago when Colorado didn't have the 70% grow rule for medical marijuana dispensaries. Now that rule says that in order to sell you have to grow 70% 70 of what you're selling. Dispensaries were running out of supply and supplemented it with marijuana from wherever they could get it. A lot of my friends from Oregon were running a lot of pounds to Colorado during those times, but those days are gone. Now that demand is clearly outweighing supply, Colorado marijuana stores are rationing their supplies and or raising prices. Did that happen here in Alaska? I think so. The price raising has drawn some criticism, but mainly from veterans inside of Colorado and on the West Coast where marijuana prices are very cheap. I haven't heard anyone buying illegal marijuana in Colorado that is from a non-marijuana-friendly state complaining about prices. To quote my cousin from Idaho, I'd love to pay those prices for that quality of marijuana. It's a far better deal than we have here in Idaho. The shortage of legal marijuana and high prices will be short-lived. More marijuana is being grown to meet the demand, and as more stores open up, the prices will come down with competition. Well, at least in theory. When all one hundred thirty six stores are open, if people are still coming out in numbers they have been so far, it might surprise people just how marijuana people how much marijuana people can smoke and or eat in the form of edibles. Hopefully it will lead to even more retail licenses being issued so the consumer can get the same price or better at a retail establishment than they can on the black market. <laughs> Colorado problems. What were their problems? Just ran out. They just didn't have the recreational growers. Medicinal had it, recreational side did not. Different licenses. How about Washington? Does Washington have a body? daily. July 15, 2014. This is one week after legalization in Washington. Retail cannabis stores in Washington state are still struggling to replenish their depleted inventories, with some saying it could take a few days or even a week to secure more supplies. Cannabis City, the only recreational shop to open in Seattle when sales began July 8th, ran out of marijuana last Friday, and has been unable to obtain additional stock. The owner said he might not get another delivery of cannabis until July 21st. Two stores in Vancouver, Washington, also ran out of cannabis in recent days. One closed and plans to reopen Friday, while the other continues to sell paraphernalia and non-marijuana products and hopes to have cannabis available again today. Some shops, including Top Shelf Cannabis and 2020 Solutions in Bellingham, reportedly still have inventory but are running low. The industry's struggles stem from an overall shortage of marijuana in the state. Only a handful of growers receive their licenses in time to cultivate cannabis for the launch of recreational sales in Washington, meaning supply is extremely limited. Officials believe the shortage will end soon. The Liquor Control Board has reportedly licensed 100 growers who are currently cultivating approximately 700,000 square feet of marijuana canopy. Still, it's unclear when these cultivation sites will be ready to harvest, so retail stores could face supply problems for the foreseeable future washington was it a problem a week after opening sure was what was the problem supply not enough retail not enough cultivation licenses to supply it how about dc hmm? dc february 26 2015 steve hendricks washington post DC's medical marijuana shortage, a little notice crisis amid legalization. Did they have problems after legalization? Now, granted, this isn't retail, but this is medical right when it starts. Even as the nation's capital enters an uncertain new age of legal marijuana, the 2,500 district residents permitted to buy medical cannabis are facing a blunt truth all of their own. There isn't enough pot to go around. For months, many of the marijuana-using patients registered with the D.C. Department of Health have been frustrated by a chronic shortage in the system's very limited supply chain. Since last summer, when the city council relaxed the rules for obtaining a doctor's prescription for cannabis, the number of medical unioners has soared past the ability of the city's three official growers to meet it. Operators of Washington's three medical marijuana dispensaries have struggled to meet the rising demand, frequently limiting the amount patients can purchase and occasionally turning them away. On Wednesday, we opened without any product to sell or without delivery expected that day, said Vanessa West, manager of the Metropolitan Wellness Center in Southeast Washington. It was a total bummer. We closed early. West has heard from some inpatient patients that the shortage has pushed them back to the pot dealers they relied on before the district launched a tightly regulated medical marijuana network in 2013. Belinda Cunningham said she depends on the prescription she obtained last year to face life with HIV and stage 2 cervical cancer. The 63-year-old grandmother was down to 129 pounds, taking more than 25 pills a day, and suffering incessant vomiting. Cannabis, which she now smokes and vapes before every meal, so the nausea and restored her appetite and her weight. I just started feeling better right away, she said. But until growers can ramp up production, she can't always get what she needs. Last week, I went to the clinic, and they didn't have anything, not even sticks, Cunningham said. I'm really struggling right now. I know people are going back to the street, but I don't want to do that if I don't have to. You don't know what's in it. The shortage has gone largely unnoticed amid the drama leading up to Thursday's legalization of recreational marijuana in D.C. Although the medical cannabis dispensaries have been besieged by calls from recreational users mistakenly hoping they would score some legal pot, we have to tell them that no, they cannot swing by. The law wouldn't allow that, even if dispensaries had the pot to spare. The scarcity is a big change from the early days of the medical marijuana program when dispensaries catered to so few registered patients that some ran out of room to display all the Blue Dream, Master Kush, and Lemon Skunk they had on hand. At the time, residents could get a prescription for only a short list of approved conditions, including HIV-AIDS, cancer, glaucoma, and spasms. Patients then had to apply to the Department of Health for a card that allowed them to enter one of the dispensaries and buy marijuana. There were fewer than 800 patients in the system last summer when the council responding to pleas from dispensary operators. Patients' advocates scrapped the list of conditions. Patients must still register, but since August, physicians have been allowed to prescribe cannabis for whatever they want. We decided to open it up for the doctor to make the decision, said D.C. Councilwoman Yvette Alexander, who sponsored the bill. Anticipating a surge in demand, the council also lifted some of the restrictions on cultivators, increasing the number of plants each grower can raise from 95 to 500. But as the number of patients has more than tripled in the last seven months, the supply continues to lag. It takes up to 23 weeks to bring a pot plant from cutting to harvest ready bud, according to Corey Barnett, a marijuana cultivator who owns district growers. His company moved to add new seedlings as soon as the law allowed, hiring four new workers, upgrading its old printing plant in the Northeast with dozens of additional LED lights and heavier climate control systems. We are just literally this week starting to harvest some of the new plants. It's about to pick up substantially. The law allows for up to ten growers to operate in the network, and all ten licenses have been awarded to companies that had to apply and pass extensive background checks. Only three grow houses have begun to supply marijuana to dispensaries. But as demand has grown, interest may be stirring. Two additional license holders, Abiton and Alternative Solutions, both in northeast Washington, are now listed as operational on the Department of Health website, although neither has sold cannabis yet, according to dispensary officials. A participant in the Abiton group declined to be interviewed for this story. The highly regulated medical marijuana market in D.C., where three approved growers have supplied three approved clinics, is a far cry from the freewheeling system in other states. West, who came to the district after managing medical cannabis dispensaries in California, said there were so many suppliers in the state that much of her day would be spent evaluating and selecting from among their wares. It was sniff and touch all day long, West recalled. I'd actually have to take an antihistamine before I'd start my day. Hmm. What's the problem in D.C.? Not enough suppliers. Lady here, West, from California, says they have a ton of supply. We're going to see what their... Their district, or what their state looks like sometime in 2018, when they legalized recreational. Hmm, D.C. Problems in D.C. Supply. Before we jump right into this Nevada shortage issue, let's compare just their their legalization laws they have so in possession you can have one ounce of flour an eighth ounce of concentrate you can be growing six plants at your house which is pretty cool when a lot of states don't have that is uh, collected by the Department of Taxation they're going to be collecting what is that um, 15% of the wholesale fair market wholesale value where here in Alaska, we're doing $50 an ounce, which ends up being about 800 a pound. That same 6,000 a pound that Alaska's selling for 900, lower 48, selling a lot cheaper. We'll see what fair market. they are going 2,000 in Colorado, 1,200 even. So when you're doing $50 an ounce, that's gonna be that standard grade, no matter what it's selling for. So when price comes down, taxes really hit Alaska, huh? Okay. Thousand feet from a school different than Alaska. 500 feet. We have here 300 feet from a community facility, community facility. Hmm. Okay. They also put a limit. So in Las Vegas, they have 600,000 people. In the whole Clark County, there's 2 million. They're limiting that at 80 retail stores. Now, if they want more retail stores, you can the local governments can ask, please give us more and don't give them more. That's the limit right now. They have set for something like Fairbanks, 100,000 people, eight retail stores. We have five right now. More coming, six, seven, eight coming. So, there'll be eight real soon here, which is just be nice for selection. Um, one of the things they did different there in Nevada is they, the distributor, they allowed alcohol, because they regulated it like alcohol, so they allowed alcohol to hold on to the rights of distribution of cannabis (sighs) that is insane that's what's slowing everything down alcohol they say okay alcohol can do it Um, july 1st comes around there's no distributors ready so the medicinal whatever you had they set up licenses medicinal can transfer over to rec So whatever you have at that point from July 1st is what you have. Now, state of emergency got called last week, and let's go to the professionals and hear what they have to say. Alcohol industry is tearing them up. Vice News from July 14th, 2017. Nevada takes steps to end the great legal weed shortage of 2017. Is this about supply? No. Distribution and alcohol industry. Very different from where it's been in other states. After nearly two weeks of Nevada dispensaries selling recreational marijuana without a way to restock their shelves, the pot will soon start flowing around the state again. The Nevada Department of Taxation unanimously approved emergency measures on Thursday to expand who's allowed to move pot from growers to the dispensaries where it's sold. The measures come after more than a week of dwindling supplies that cause dispensaries to lose money and even get robbed. Weed became legal for recreational use in Nevada on July 1st, without anyone licensed to transport the drug and refill dispensaries' and initial supplies. While the state had given alcohol distrib- distributors sole rights for the first 18 months of sales, a court battle and bureaucracy kept any licenses from being approved for nearly the first two weeks. This means that if you are vertically integrated as a license, you it is illegal to transfer cannabis from your cultivator to your retail. You have to get the alcohol distributor to do that for you. As of Thursday, the same day the tax department was set to hear the emergency proposal approved, at least two distributors were finally licensed. Director Dion Cantil told the Los Angeles Times, under the tax department's expanded regulations, distributors licensed to transport pot and the medical marijuana market, which began operating in the state in 2001, could gain access to the recreational market, according to the Las Vegas Sun. Exactly who will be allowed to move weed hasn't been decided yet. The Department of Taxation proposed the emergency regulations on July 6th, and Governor Brian Sandoval, a Republican who didn't support the 2016 ballot measure that legalized recreational marijuana, endorsed them a day later. It's good to see the Republicans doing this. Despite the new rules on distribution, the ongoing supply crisis threatens an industry worth an estimated $100 million in taxes to the state. But tax dollars aren't the only concern. Anticipating a shortage before legal sales even started, distributors had been stockpiling weed and getting looted. One distributor, Braley Joy, told Vice News that 50,000 in merchandise had been stolen from a dispensary in Las Vegas. Hmm. Let's see, this is what the emergency regulation signed from the Executive Director of Nevada Department of Taxation. This emergency regulation is necessary to provide for the structure that will allow the department to, if necessary, make determination that will maintain the flow of revenue related to the legal sale and regulation of marijuana. Additionally, adopting an emergency regulation to allow for such determination will prevent reversion to the black market and preserve the legal market so that legally licensed and regulated businesses continue to operate, pay employees, and realize the returns from their investments. It is necessary to implement them on an emergency basis as the department has issued marijuana establishment licenses and retail stores begin selling marijuana to adults as of July 1, 2017, while at the same time there are no licensed marijuana distributors. set up prior to this legalization of recreational. On July 1st licenses were first given to medical dispensaries to be able to sell at the retail recreational level. When it was passed alcohol had sole rights to distribution for 18 months alcohol now things were getting they were getting worried that alcohol would not be able to do this so they said that okay if you were already doing it medical you can now transfer recreational if you were already distributing medical you can distribute recreational the alcohol industry sues the state saying that's not what the reich said A judge agreed with that and put an injunction against the state saying that you cannot transfer cannabis anywhere without the alcohol industry. What happened last week, they have a state of emergency saying that we cannot get cannabis. This is bad, 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 bad. Right from the statement of emergency. 4 Wholesale Liquor Dealers Applied for a Marijuana Distributor License Prior to the May 31st Application Deadline Okay, so you have four even apply An additional three Wholesale Liquor Dealers have applied for marijuana distributor licenses since the order June 20th However, as of July 5th for various reasons including local government issues lack of completed applications and zoning review No dealer has met the application requirements Okay, so really even trying the alcohol industry maybe just doesn't want things to move so fast in Nevada additionally media reports highlights the customer relief that they no longer have to purchase product from the black market without the ability to license marijuana distributors to continue the flow of product to the retail store a high likelihood exists that consumers will revert to the black market Wow this is great having government employees government officials write things like this worried about going back to black market worried about the consumer. Finally, the marijuana industry has invested hundreds of millions of dollars to build facilities across the state. These businesses have recently hired and trained thousands of additional employees to meet the increased demand of adult use. Unless the issue with distributor licensing is resolved quickly, the inability to deliver product to the retail stores will result in many of these employees losing their jobs and will cause the nascent industry to grind to a halt. Some indicate that without the continued market, they will go out of business. We shall see... Five days, next week, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, basically the state's gonna say, okay, we can ha- now have medical distributors move cannabis from cultivator to retail. The, do you think the alcohol industry's gonna be happy about that? Do you think the alcohol industry's gonna be happy about that? Do you think the alcohol industry's gonna be happy about that? Hey, hey, thank you for joining us on Far North Toker. You can find more episodes on SoundCloud, Search Mid and Facebook, farnortokers.com as well. Here's Token. See it!